presents all sorts of adversity. And some adversity doesn't feel like adversity. It's sneaky. Could I um, interview you for my space gas? For my space gas? Yeah, yeah. What the hell is going on here? <laughs> like, literally. My earwax? <laughs> <laughs> Mixed? With, like, I'm not sucking like on that. Like low grade gay going on right now. Tiniest suck going on. I'm like, I don't want <laughs> No, it was when you said it. I was like, what? I don't want any of that. What did you talk about in your latest podcast episodes? I haven't had any in like a year. Well, where did the last ones you remember? The last one I did, I interviewed my best friend who was dying of cancer at the time. And then... Around that, well, no, she wasn't dying of cancer. She had a terminal diagnosis, and then I interviewed her after she did a shamanic healing with my friend, and we talked about like motherhood and parenting and like her whole story of like, because my podcast is all about triumph over like challenge and how people like literally overcome things that are like next level, but they somehow get through it. And for her, it was like going from being pregnant with a terminal cancer diagnosis at the same time not being able to go through chemo because she didn't want chemicals in her body while she's breastfeeding and then fast forwarding to um getting diagnosed with cancer again and then beating that and it was like a five-year journey for her and so Mm. we just talked all about that and then what was chemotherapy mixed with shamanic healing well what happened was she had a bunch of like mother rage that was contributing to manifesting this tumor what's mother rage like when you're just so angry at your like the mother line of your family okay it's not to do with pregnancy no no but in a way it was because she's when you're pregnant and you she got she found out she had a girl around the same time she found out they were having a girl she got the diagnosis which was a connection between the mother line of her mother and her becoming a mother and the next child who's a girl and so it's all connected and so this this anger and this resentment and this rage of her family line with her mom and her grandma was very apparently like causing the cancer and so when she realized this and went through this big shamanic healing with a friend of mine she was able to clear that and then her health got much better like almost instantly how did did you find that out with her or that was your friend no i i had a vision that it was because of her mom because it was like i saw a vision of her tumor yelling at me and it was her mom's voice and i was like your mom's voice is in your tumor and it's yelling at me and she's like and i said i know it sounds weird but i think i know what you need to do and then but we've known each other forever so she said okay like what do you recommend and then I told her about the shamanic journeying and healing route and I said I'll pay for your session and everything I'll pay for like two or three sessions it's like six hundred dollars and I said let's do it right and so she did it and committed to it and she was like I can't believe how much better I feel now and yeah and she did that with your friend and she did with my friend yeah yeah and now she's been cancer free for three years almost how do they check for cancer what? How do they check for cancer? How do they check for it? Uh, I think with them they had a blood, like a platelet test and an ultrasound. Yeah. yeah. Uh, my uncle just got diagnosed and then I jumped online and I'm like trying to, because I heard fasting's amazing. Yeah. And jumped online and saw the information that people, it's just floats around in blood maybe. 
or there's like yeah. little pieces of there's less pieces of the cancer or like an offset of it right. in the blood when it's smaller and then that level goes down and down mm. yeah. yeah i don't know if you ever get rid of it well it's related to your the balance of your red blood platelets and your lymphocytes so if your lymphocytes are high then that means that there's a higher amount of white blood cells that would contribute to because white blood cells are easily um what i say like uh, damage you can damage lymphocytes easier than you can damage red blood cells so if you go through stress fatigue you consume chemicals you're exposed to chemicals or toxins or anything like that and your lymphocytes are already on the higher side then like for me i'm i'm a huge risk for cancer myself actually but uh i tried still my young but i try my best to avoid those toxins and contaminants and all that stuff as much as i can like it's not i don't feel that it's going to be a thing for me because i'm very proactive about what goes in my body what i surround myself with even what i consume like media wise like what do i consume mm. right so yeah how do you know about the cancer stuff how did you learn about the information of the platelets and white blood cell stuff i just i like to research things <laughs> yeah nice we? yeah oh, okay yeah <laughs> it's good to get the microphones on okay okay like right away because it's just the realness we're not right. trimming the fat today we're not. the fat's too <laughs> you're good. gonna trim the fat but it's gonna be later at a different time at the end yeah now i want to ask when did you how did you start shamanic healing you started how how did you start when oh yeah well i mean here's the thing like i live with my best friend and just recently just a couple of years ago we met and it was under really strange circumstances like i was at this big uh how, how would you say it? it'd be like a it was like a business academy but it was more holistic and there were all these people in this auditorium and we were there and she's on the stage drumming and she's doing this clearing for everybody she says i'm doing a mass clearing for this group for the planet this is what shamanic healing is is you're doing these mass clearings for a large number of people so she's doing this clearing and at for some reason in that moment i was so angry with her about doing this clearing i was like how dare you do this without everybody feeling like this is open and that you have permission to do this i just there was this weird trigger that happened and then after that point fast forward like maybe a month or so i i actually got in touch with her and i said listen like i want you to know this is what happened when you when you did this clearing and blah 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 and so long story short we talked about it and she said i think that you are actually a shamanic healer and you your potential of your shamanic gifts has been unrealized in this lifetime and when you saw someone doing the work that you've been doing for many lifetimes it triggered something in you and you got very angry and then when she said that it was very resonant so after that point i asked her if we could work out some things together and she helped me really understand what this is all about and go into that space within myself to perform shamanic uh, rituals and healings and go into what's called the journey and we've been kind of doing that ever since but she believes that i've been doing it for about six lifetimes i just had to re-remember and that there was a trigger point where that happened i guess in that moment so where yeah. um you go on a journey to or like take people on the journey you said it's about the journey mm-hmm What's that process? 
So shamanic journeying is basically when you take something like a rattle or a drum and you basically drone the drum, you start to like, for example, if I'm clapping my hands like this right now, that's how you're in inducing the journey. That's how you're inducing the shamanic process of going into other realms and dimensions and timelines. So people that have been doing this and, and their ancestors and their ancestors, ancestors who do this, you go th you use that tool or that element to go deeply within your you go within your mind you go within your soul you go outside of your body you start to go outside of where your body is sitting or existing and you go further than that into let's say you're looking at the entire world all of a sudden you're looking at other planets all of a sudden you're looking at other beings from other planets and they're also doing the work with you you go into this place that is no longer this reality and so when you're doing the drumming when i say you're going into the journey that is the process of journeying between this reality timeline and dimension to other realities timelines and dimensions so you find the information about others or you are there as a catalyst and help people go on a journey and but you go there with them to to see yeah exactly exactly so you can go with them you can go for them right though there's different ways you can do it depending on how open and ready that person is to do it they might just say go into this and tell me what's going on and then you can give them a good uh, understanding of what they're working through or blocked elements or even things that might be just things that maybe they had missed along their path that they need to revisit that are like no you came here to learn this this is your lesson this is your truth so have you had that happen to you have before you met the girl yeah because of uh my past being psychic and intuitive there was a lot of stuff like that where i would see different beings and different energies and even now, like I have a sense and an awareness of where I am now, but I sense other energies and other aspects of things that I, other people may not be able to explain, but I can understand I'm perceiving energy and people that are walking. Like I can right now perceive what's going on outside. I know people are walking down the street. I know there's people walking down another street. I can kind of feel the general energy of many things going on, even in this physical space we're in, this town, this city. Um, but yeah, it all started like when I was a kid too. I saw, I was the, I was the kid that would see entities and things and say, oh, who's that? Or what are they doing? And nobody understands what you're talking about. Right. So that's, it's been a whole lifetime, but not in that way. I would go into what I realized I have gone into multiple shamanic journeys when I was a kid, but I wasn't doing the drumming or anything. I would just get sucked into another world for hours. And, you know, my family would say that they see me and I'm literally just like this with my eyes open or I fell asleep just like sitting in my like just sitting on a chair, like falling asleep. It looked like for like a couple hours. And I remember all of that stuff. It was very lucid. So it's I think it's been happening for a long time, but you don't understand it when you're a kid. So <laughs> you can't remember it ever being different. Yeah. Yeah. So. Some people might not, like how many shamanic journeys have you helped people with or tried to help people with? Yeah, I mean, right now in the last couple of years, I've only really jumped into it about 20 times maybe in the last three years. And do you have people who resist or like, not resist, but aren't 
how do the people, the people all reach out to you because they believe in that mindset or have seen it, right? Or have you had people be like, okay, you do your thing because I can't, what you're talking about, I've never seen and I don't do or I can't believe. Mm -hmm. Have you had that? Well, I think mm, what I'll give you is a couple examples. So the first example is when you have somebody that comes to you in your sleep, for example, someone will come to you in your sleep and they will ask you specific questions about things. And I've actually had to like... In a real person coming into your room or uh, in your sleep people? In my beings. sleep, like the energy of a person. Okay. So there's essentially what I see it as is their spirit or their soul comes to you in your dreams and they will <coughs> ask specific questions. And then, for example, this has happened to me a few times where the next day I'll jump on a platform like Facebook or somewhere and I'll say, does anybody know this person? They came to me in a dream and they have a bunch of questions and I need to figure out who this is and how I can help them. And so this has happened quite a few times where that in that example, that person might have some kind of overreaching a sort of need or something that they need to answer or it could even be a family member that it's very common where it's a family member trying to ask questions communicate something to another person and largely for us like for shamanic healers and practitioners and people like we may already know that person and so that entity or that spirit will come to us saying hey, we know that you know this person, we're just trying to connect between here and there, and they're not open to have that connection. So we're like the intermediary between those worlds. So, and the other example I can give of this is that there are some people that are unwilling, like I have family members that I've done journeying with, and they're super open to knowing a lot of answers to different things, but their energy is blocked. Their physical space, there's some kind of a toxin or a barrier or a, a cloud of energy that I can't get through. And so there's only so much that you can do in those cases to really investigate and see what's going on. You've only really had that with your family? Uh, for the most part, uh, yeah. Two members of my family and two people that I know that are close to me, but they're also going through a lot of trauma, a lot of patterns of like shame, fear, and just not open to things. Like there's a lot of people, you can tell in an energy, there's almost like a gray cloud in front of them. And you can only kind of get so far into like, if it's their aura or their physical body, or, you know, even for me, it's mostly just seeing images, thoughts, or like movie, like playbacks of things. It's so fuzzy. It's like you're trying to watch a movie and, and there's like clouds in front of it or something, you know? So that's the best representation I can give of that. That's okay. Um, hmm. So you pretty much, do you think most of the time you're putting yourself through a journey and then the majority, are they joining the majority of the times on the journey? So like you described zooming out and going into the universe as you're journeying to go to this other place. Mm-hmm. Do, are they joining? Uh, like the, I know the family members that have smog, they, they probably wouldn't be going mm. there. Yeah. And you can't really, it, it's not easy to see through them when you're in that other place. Mm-hmm. You're in another place, you're looking at them. Mm-hmm. And then so... A family member or not the family member that couldn't have it, but the other people that you would do that with, would they, 
would they be there too? And would you guys hang out and talk about what's going on? Or do they, how do they feel? What do they say? <laughs> yeah. During I mean, the time. Yeah. Yeah. Or they're just like, I feel good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Go ahead. Or maybe the healing doesn't happen right there. You just get answers. But I bet it's not consistent every time. It's probably very different every time. Yeah, it's not super consistent. And what I will say, too, is that usually when we're in different <coughs> spaces, we're not in a space you could perceive as, like, being at a coffee shop down the street or something. You know, this is definitely a... I would say it's a place that doesn't have a lot of like boundaries or definitions. So just to clarify that the space itself is kind of like I've met people that are floating over the hospital in my town and we're like having some kind of conversation, you know, but we're not too far from where we come from, right? We're not too far from our houses. And there's some people where you're just in a different realm entirely. You're in a totally different dimension and you're looking at them and they're not a thing. They're not a them, mm. just an energy, right? They're just yeah. kind of a blob of energy that people might feel if they do psychedelics um i don't know what other stuff breathing and i don't know dreaming's the same although dreaming is pretty dreaming feels way more human related uh human to human interaction there's more houses there's more eating food there's more running away from robbers there's more knives and stuff like that in the other dimensions it's pretty hard to identify or it's not even similar languages there's not much that's relating to a human anymore, which is hard in the human body to talk about because the human body uses the English language and stuff. Yeah. 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 And I'll, I was gonna say, I'll go back to what you said too about the journey and the person going there. So typically with that, I mean, this is- Is this an example of one person or all the, all the people? Mm, oh yeah yeah one, i would i'm just gonna specific? speak yeah i'll or? just speak generally about it like so there's a lot of time so let's say I, i'm journeying with a friend of mine or something um they there's a big definition between our physical selves and our higher selves almost like our spiritual selves and our physical selves because we're occupying a vessel like our body is a vessel and we're occupying it as a spirit as a energetic being so some people have never felt that you know and those are the people that like they might people who have probably never had a f the the feeling and it just goes over the head what we're talking about i only kind of relate because i've only kind of fell into space once or twice where you, i just feel like i fell into the stars mm -hmm. so then you go where are you going i don't know mm -hmm. past mm -hmm. them <laughs> maybe yeah. maybe they go away and you're like past them at the next level yeah um <clears throat> Yeah, just for a reference point, uh, I'm thinking of like people like my brother or yeah, yeah, okay. some family members that have never, I feel like yeah. they've never left and they don't know or feel that way right? because they've only been so sucked and attached to uh, their sensory organs within their body their whole lives. Yeah, yeah. Although they might not know it. Because mm. um, like, even being sick with the flu or these stomach bugs, bleh. Mm. Uh, I've and we've felt, been through them. <laughs> yeah, I felt like so hot and cold that, and like hallucinating and other. Ah, no, it's more like dreaming. Mm. That's more like dreaming. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so I'll give you a good example of this. So sometimes what we do in in the in shamanic journeying is that 
um, we go through almost like a surgery process. So typically when a person would go into a state like that, like let's say we're talking about someone who doesn't have a concept of this, uh, this would be kind of like if you hold your breath for a long time and you feel really floaty and maybe you pass out, you don't have enough air or something, right? It's similar when you go into surgery, they give you some kind of gas and you go under, quote unquote, and then from there, someone might perform a surgery or do something, but you're not aware of it, right? Yeah. And so with us in shamanic healing, it's it's very similar where we might take somebody, but it's not their physical self. We're working on a, on an energetic level. There's an energy we're working on. So that, that performance of like a surgery, let's say for the example, would be us taking that person somewhere and doing healing on them in a way that they may not be open to physically. Like they, they don't, they may not want to consciously do that, but they did give us permission to do that. They're just like, I don't know if I can go this deep. I have a lot of trauma, all this stuff. And so we're working on things that are on a different, in a different level, on a different level or within a different layer of them as yeah. we are. Yeah. Yeah. And then those people, for example, might not have seen that layer in themselves yeah. or know how to communicate with it. Yeah. Um, I don't know how I don't often um yeah you were saying the difference between your body self and the higher self mm -hmm. uh that that's in reference to the last parts of things you were saying what what what's the fine difference or why did you want to bring that up Oh, just because uh, I think it's good to define that some of the things that we are doing in the conscious reality and some of the things that happen in the unconscious reality can impact both of them. So like things we do in the conscious reality, like let's, you know, we think about like smoking or drinking. If you drink and smoke enough, we consciously know in this reality that if you do that too much, you might have an effect. You might have some kind of a long-term effect in the future. We know that. But sometimes, for example, if you, if you get upset at someone, and you yell at them maybe that will have an unconscious effect on that person's energy that carries forward and so we don't see the impact of that we don't understand that on a conscious level in the physical reality but that thing that that moment could impact somebody energetically spiritually and outside of the consciousness of just their day-to-day -day. they might just completely move on like oh today's another day and it's all good but there could be a part of them that has been impacted by that moment. So just to define that those two uh, things, like the reality that we live in as a physical body and the reality we live in as an energetic body, they kind of, there's a lot of overlapping, but they do impact each other. What happens when we sleep impacts what happens when we wake up as well and vice versa. Yeah, some people would say, like just diving in for me i'm thinking about if when people yell at me and then i'm really bothered about it and sometimes it's way longer than you think uh it should be and you mad at yourself for that too uh and i bet some people would have it like their whole lives and like something that someone did some sort of yelling or even combination of just wild stuff at a party <laughs> uh could make someone obsessed with an idea that could later like give them cancer because they just kept bringing it up their whole lives and like kept it inside. But that makes me think of my versions of it and being in my mind and not really connected to that exterior realm. The only thing I could be open for and thinking is that exterior realm relates to the mental and physical and not a parallel, but like it, it crosses at a point and then you meet at that cross point and you go 
into the spiritual place, which you can't recognize because you only recognize being in the human body. Um, know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. do you... You started seeing or like slipping into another dimension. Do you call it something? What do you mean? I don't know, the spiritual place. Well, I mean, like I said, it's just different realities, different dimensions, different timelines. It it really depends on like what where you go. Like when I was when I was about six years old, I remember sleeping. My mom and I shared this room because we only had enough money for a one room place, and so we based. I was sleeping. She remembers me kicking and all this stuff was happening. And then I apparently got out of bed, but she didn't wake up because this apparently was very common when I was a kid. I would just get up and be up for hours, but apparently I was sleeping. So like sleepwalking. And so what happened in this moment was that I ended up going to the common space of our house and I was still sleeping. And I guess at some point I must have been sitting or no one really, like, I don't know. She doesn't know. Nobody knows what, what I was physically doing. But I distinctly recall flying over my town, my city. I was flying over Canada. I was flying over the ocean. I was flying over like what looked like England, I guess, and different parts of Europe. Because now I can look back at that and I remember seeing it was almost like a, a blown up version of like the map of the world. And I was just crossing all these places. But at the time, I didn't actually have a knowledge of the, how the map looked or anything. I didn't. I wasn't old enough to know. And so I went all the way to China and I was in this northern place somewhere and, and I kind of dropped down somewhere and there was this man in this in this room or this house or something and the and it was it was in the morning. It was like mid-morning and I looked at I kind of just dropped down and I came to my feet and I looked at him and he looked at me and he said, "Why are you here right now?" And I said, "Well, what do you mean?" And he said, "You're not supposed to be here yet." And I said, what? And, and then all of a sudden I got sucked right back. It was like in a moment, all of a sudden I was going, and I got sucked back to my house. And I remember almost, how would I explain it? Like I could see that whole vision of the map, but it was like three times faster and I was getting pulled. Like I didn't want to go back. And then all of a sudden I woke up and that was apparently the first astral travel I'd ever done. Sounds like a dream. But in, in reality, there's actually, um, I did talk to my shamanic uh, friend and who's helped me train and do practicioning. The girl. Yeah, Asia. Yeah. She said to me, I told her the story and she said, I had a similar experience when I was a kid. And sometimes if you do astral travel into a different timeline and you're there too early, somebody like that will say something like that to you saying You've come, you're here too soon. And she's had that happen to her multiple times during journeys where she's gone so deep deep and so far that she's all of a sudden in a place and a time that that essentially is just it's not meant for her yet and she's supposed to come back at a later time i did return to that place and talk to that man later on in a journey many years later who is that man uh he was apparently some kind of a buddhist master and we were met, meant to meet and to connect and to talk a lot about different elements of the Tao, which i had studied like in my early 20s and that's when I met him was in, and I had done a meditation that turned into another version of that. And there he was. And I got a bunch of information and symbols and knowledge and things that helped me uh, with my journey learning about Taoism. So. Did you actually have symbols and 
um, knowledge that you like, write down in the English language after? Well, at the time, it was it wasn't in English. No, they were Chinese symbols. They were like uh, characters. Yeah. And I brought them to a teacher of mine at the time because I said, "Well, I, yeah, I had them written down," and I said, "I don't know what this means," but. I felt like I knew something that I just hadn't studied. It was super weird. It was like he gave me, by telling me the symbols, I got some kind of innate information that was like in my body somewhere, but it wasn't in my consciousness. Yes. So I, okay, whoa. Uh, I was trying to differentiate if when you went to that meditation and met that man and then you you said you gathered information. Um, I was like, is it a feeling of gathering information or did you write some things down? And then you said you wrote down some symbols. And I guess all things are feelings. Like when I get a f- the view of what a Chinese symbol looks like, when I go to write it down later, I might write it down wrong because I, that's how I remembered it, but I remember things wrong. But hmm. so you, everything is a feeling that you get and then we translate the feeling back into our art it it goes through us Mm -hmm. so did you feel was that confusing to feel like you already knew something Mm, i don't think it was a big surprise i just didn't know why i was receiving that information from the guy because it didn't seem like like i'm like well i'm like 21 you're 22 years old why am i getting the information when there's all these masters of the Tao that I work with in this place like we've been going to ceremonies and doing things together why don't they go see the guy they know way more than I do I don't even know like that's why I took it to this teacher because I said I don't know these symbols what why am I getting the information but in reality when someone like myself who's been contacting other realms and other dimensions their entire life and probably before then it's you there's a path it's not to say that that's chosen necessarily but they know that you can be a channel between worlds. So they're going to utilize you in that way to transfer information, to transfer knowledge. It's, it's been well documented in a lot of nomadic cultures, in uh, indigenous cultures, and um, even here where we are in Mexico, there's a lot of accounts of going into different trances and places and, and this information that they've never gotten just comes in out of nowhere and their specific, their medicine person or their shaman is the one that gets that information. So do you, do you like calling yourself a shaman or a medicine woman Um, or something? Yeah, I mean, I don't really like, here's the other thing too, is it's not something I would really put out there uh, because the work I do primarily isn't even here. You know, it's the work I do with people here is, here and there but i'm doing there's a lot of stuff that we're doing in other places other realms other other dimensions and timelines so it's it's almost like talking about it can be irrelevant here sometimes especially with people that are kind of unaware of what that all means and it well it's hard to decipher what it all means or like it's hard to bring any information back and translate it Mm. you have to like i don't know how does it how can it possibly translate actually what the hell that's a weird theory so when you go and you're there in those places that don't speak our language, how the hell do we ever translate anything? We just do the best we can within our human form to tell another human in the English or whatever language we use. Yeah. Is that unfair? Or I guess that's how all translation systems work too. Like between Japanese and English, they kind of just guess the best, though you can never translate something directly. 
when you learn another language, you start feeling new emotions because you get new words that don't exist in your language. Yeah, yeah. Whoa. So we're just translating information the best we can from what we go through in the other dimensions that are another language. And then so it's like, hey, what's Japanese like? <laughs> or like, mm. what's knowing Japanese like? It's like, I mm. can't tell mm. you that. Mm-hmm. It's almost a waste of time. But for, for reference, you know, we go into these realms. We, there's sometimes beings. There's sometimes light. You know, it depends on the day. It depends mm-hmm. where we go. Mm-hmm. When, go on. I was going to say there's something really interesting about that. That's like, <clears throat> for example, if we go back to the story of the Chinese guy. Uh, well, we're not done with that Chinese guy. I got <laughs> questions about him. I do. Well, what I will say about this thing in the language aspect is that I, for me, I don't think that I was necessarily, I may have been in China and I might have been in, in a different timeline, but I was able to understand him in my own language. There was some kind of a translation that occurred with that. And I, to this day, You're this, ha- this happens out. and I don't know why this happens. You'll go like, I've met some beings that are from other planets and they are not supposed to be speaking English and we're not actually talking. We're just communicating. And I'm in not the even, other language. But they're, they, ha- they should have a different language of some kind that's not English. Like English is here. So it's either A, they what speak the English. Or B, we're communicating and it's not actually a language that you is know, separate. You know another language. Like in, or all, all of us do. We know that other language. We don't know the name of it, but we know it. It's like when you're a child and you're being talked to in English, but you know what's going on and you know how people are feeling, but you don't know the language. Sort of. Right. Yeah, and in this case, it's like you might be getting communications that aren't verbal. Like you might get sensory communication that's like an energetic signature. Or in some cases, it's like the whole thing about the symbols and the Taoist thing. That was like codes. I got encoded with information that I couldn't tell you. I couldn't tell you, hey, write this down, these 300 pages of information I got. It wasn't information like that. It was some kind of energetic coded information that i received within my physical body that's what i was trying to ask about before and that's but that's what everything is everything is uh we we hear it and then we our body translates it and we hear what we want and we see and remember what we want who knows why we remember something in a certain shape etc but that you're talking about when you're 21 Mm -hmm. that experience Mm -hmm. and when you were six um did you write that off as a dream? Because I, I would totally... Maybe we could say all dreams are you in other places. Mm-hmm. Why not? I don't know. Can't prove that wrong, etc. Um, but at six years old, you didn't know what you know now. And you didn't know... Right? It would be your first time you wouldn't really... What did you think it was? Or? I, I just had a very vivid memory of it, and to this day, I could still play it out like a movie in my mind. But I didn't know at the time what was going on. Yeah. Yeah, you would write it off as a dream, probably. Well, I actually asked family members, and I said, "Listen, this felt so real." And I met this guy. A lot of things. Such it a felt dream talk. Yeah, a lot That's of things. All it is. Exactly. But, when you're a kid, a lot of things felt like that where you just thought it was the same as when you're awake. And I had a lot of trouble discerning between our world and the dream world because I had such vivid and such intense dreams. Okay, whoa, whoa, whoa. Do you believe in dreams then? Are you a, Because if you were in a dream state, like in between sleeps, and you were in a dream state, 
I'm open that within those states, we there's weird things that happen that we humans talk about dreams like yeah i don't know why i'm just driving a hot dog car and i saw you and uh yeah don't know what that means or right? like and and like space and time can be a little bit bent um yeah. are you open to that do yeah. you have that you well, have those i don't know what you mean by do i believe dreams. in dreams though because i think it's this is a weird concept. I, I've looked into this a lot, and what I can tell from my Believe own experience is that we are doing a lot in our dream state in the same way that we're doing a lot in our waking state. But it's the it's the it's the consciousness that we occupy that defines that. Like, if I'm dreaming and doing something, and maybe it is in another timeline or whatever. What I mean by timeline is that it's just it's not in the now and it's not in the past. Maybe I'm working in a future timeline. I can be working in a past timeline as well. But like, if that's the case, then you know how do we? How, we haven't been able to figure out yet if the dream state is as real as the waking state. There's only theories about it. Yeah. Okay. I slid. Um, I'm loving the dream state. Loving. Mm-hmm. I slid out. Did you start describing? Um, like, because when you're going through a shamanic state, that, I would say, isn't very referenced close to a dream state. I think it's another state. So, I'm open to the dream states being super weird and uh, hot dog car bending reality in Berlin. Saw you there. Why? Like, it makes no sense. But within dream states, too, we can have freaking our, we can talk to our grandparents or we can talk to past ones and stuff like that. So, and this is when I see and have heard in the waking life, like I watch people go, they just like knock out for 30 seconds and then they come back and they're like, I just talked to my dog or I just talked to my grandma. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm just, I'm describing that time in humans before like a deep REM sleep, whatever the hell is going on there. Like whatever, if there is work going on, whether there's some reorganizing and it just feels great to sleep, that's why we do it. But in between those states, you can have really whack dreams and you can have very, you can go to Egypt and you can like align yourself with two pyramids floating there and it was perfectly real. And then you got like the next numbers of pi hmm. in the sequence or yeah, or you saw like perfect sequence of pi and you can remember it. You can get both of those. And then now what I would see in waking life describing a shamanic experience like someone banging on a drum i don't it's not like when they're going to sleep it's like another parallel it's like another line through the different dimensions that you can it's a different kind totally hypothesizing it's a different kind of state that does run into sometimes similar states of like it would maybe cross the dreamline place and like maybe that's maybe that's why in dreams you can you can also access in the dream state, like a shamanic state, sometimes, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. like they're kind of all bound. Well, and, and it's kind of all. It, I wouldn't say there's any there's any separation because it's it, even a lot of brain researchers they talk about the different wavelengths, the beta, the alpha, the gamma wavelengths that your brain has to go into to go into something like a REM state cycle. 
you know so if you look into any of the theories of um, how we achieve a REM sleep state it's because of the oscillation of the wavelengths of our brain basically our brain activity so if you can get to a similar brain wave pattern and activity doing the journeying as you would let's say being in a REM sleep state you are able to access that and and a lot of healers and and shamans and people that do this kind of work they they have a theory and they believe and many uh even indigenous tribes they know that when you get into that state that you ac essentially can access other realms dimensions and timelines it's like the gateway that opens you to those places hmm. so can people do it without a drum or like without do you think people are i would almost argue okay i got two things one is I, rem sleep is the deepest one and it's not likely where you dream i think it's before the fat it's the fat cut the front and back when you're falling into rem sleep and when you're coming out is the likely times of dreaming i believe but i would also say maybe you are a person that because if we're talking about those directions, parallels, and perpendiculars through, uh, okay, in my mind, you know, hmm, there's a game like pick up, pick up straws. Yeah. All the straws crossing each other. Yeah. Uh, waking life is one straw, and there's all these different fucking dimensions mm -hmm. that sometimes intercross. Mm -hmm. um, the red straw crossing the blue straw, dream state crossing the red straw. Red straw is real life. Real life where you sleep is where the dream state crosses mm -hmm. sometimes. Or, and the straws are malleable and moving all the time. Yeah. You might be walking around more in a... So maybe those straws are defined by the brain waves, the change in brain waves that we experience. Alpha, beta, the other one... Delta, um, and you, different humans would walk around in different uh, brainwave states, and then therefore, or they're born with it for whatever reasons. Um, therefore, they would be like I would say you would be on a, a brainwave state closer to one of, or like closer to the shamanic ones, closer to the dream ones, or like. Maybe your red <laughs> stick is really thick, so it's touching more of the other, all the other dimensions. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Something like that. Yeah, I think that there's probably some validity to that for sure. <laughs> that's, um, that's a big uh, analogy and uh, how I'm, yeah. Yeah, 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 together. yeah. No, definitely. And I, th yeah, I think that's pretty accurate. And I think that a lot of folks like myself and friends that I know that do any kind of healing work, yeah, we are very much closer to that state. I know you from... You have told me you fall into it sometimes. Yeah, yeah. And, and you know, it's interesting too. I was going to say that a lot of people that I've read uh, into that are indigenous or that they know about indigenous uh, history and uh, different oral traditions, even um, indigenous tribes of the US, they had their shamanic uh, healers and people that were going into those places 
they described them as being so close to the dream world that they were almost on the there i would almost say they were borderline on the side of being i don't know crazy or in a state of lunacy because it's so tricky to define when you're in the waking state and when you're in the dream state sometimes for you for you it's hard to decipher you mean I'm saying in the example of, of those folks and the people like myself and of healers, especially people that are more uh, energetically based, like they ha- feel more energy than they might feel like just somebody doing, touching their hand or something, right? Like someone coming up to them might be more uh, energetically uh, stimulating to them than somebody physically touching their body. Yeah. Yeah. You're talking about, uh, you're reassuring kind of the idea of the people who are close to the dream state and for sure i feel it and i get for me i get uh i don't know defensive because i don't know what it feels like to go through the dream state just like the the analogy of tell me what it's like to know japanese Mm -hmm. what does it feel like to know japanese you i don't know Mm -hmm. so then when you, you you speak sometimes i get triggered sometimes because i don't know what you're saying and i'm like that's not real Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. because i haven't i don't know japanese and i don't feel i don't feel that Uh, i've slipped in it a few times just with uh, breathing exercises and psychedelics i think Mm -hmm. mainly maybe some flus Mm -hmm. or interlocking dream (laughs) just crossings of cool stuff have you ever had that experience where you get such a high fever that you like kind of pop out of your body and you're like floating over yourself have you ever had that where you're like you're watching yourself like coughing and being sick in bed and you're just like what no happening and then you never had anything like that only one time um me and some friends went to go find mushrooms in slovakia and he had mdma and we took mdma and i was like guys i'm really into this breathing exercise do you want to try and this is kind of the only time I can remember being so close to my body. People have a lot of, uh, when they start to astral project, they see them, their body in bed, etc. I fell behind myself and I saw me as a, like a, almost like a fire or like a, a fine dust and a very small breeze. So I had a bit of a tail along the breeze and I saw the log I was sitting on and me sitting there and I was just this ball of energy and I felt the breeze and it was cold and it moved like almost like a thermal heat sensor look like and wind would blow and then there'd be a bit of a tail because I would warm the wind. Mm-hmm. Anywho, that's the only time I've ever been outside, outside and close to myself. Yeah, but I've definitely had wacky dreams and waking life, crazy trippy experiences with I can't even describe them. I guess I can't really remember them sometimes. Uh, being sick. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Do you go above your body like more than a thousand times? Or wait, do you hang out just almost like a camera in a room above your head? Or uh, above your bed and looking back down at yourself often? Chilling mm-hmm. there? Or- well, the thing about... Mm-hmm. The thing about being on this planet is <laughs> that you have, as a spiritual being of any kind, if you're really into the, what I call like the ethereal realms or just different dimensions, timelines, places, I have to practice so hard 
not feeling like that all the time. Like that's, it's a continual practice of being grounded in my body. Otherwise I will just float away and I won't even be present in my body or with anyone. Do you think you're, so you believe still, um, you, you've been kind of in a life direction of having that energy feeling, right? Mm-hmm. Over time, have you felt like you needed to put more effort into grounding yourself or do you feel like, uh, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. When you were a child and you would go to those other worlds, you would, you'd just be like, it's normal. Everything's kind of normal. And then mm-hmm. you'd be like, you know, I'm sliding out there a lot and it's kind of messing with this other life. And I'm like, maybe I got, I'm going to work on staying here more. Or mm-hmm. do you find as it's older and you've been maybe more consciously out there, um, you slide there more? Yeah, I mean, how I can answer your question is actually by inverting it a little bit and saying that I think that a big reason why I went into those places is because I had such a violent upbringing. Like, I was literally, like, very aggressively um, and violently treated as a child and and as a teenager and into my early adulthood so i think a lot of it i there were times when i would sit there and so much chaos would be going around in my life and i would just i would want to be sucked into those places at some points i would be sitting some you know at some point i was going through testing to be put into institutions because my family thought i was literally just gone like I was just out to lunch I wasn't responding to things like there were moments when I would just be on the extreme of one emotional state of another or another uh, because of all the chaos that was going on and so I think truly to like answer your question properly it's that I think my whole life I've been a spiritual being in a surrounding of just this really like toxic very oppositional energy that's never served the spiritual being that I came here to be. So I'm now coming into a place of of embracing it and talking about it and understanding it fully in the last few years. But I used to like take drugs and drink a lot and just smoke a ton of pot and like... Was that grounding? And for me, that was grounding because I'm having an earthly experience like other people that are doing the same thing I am. So I'm like, oh, look, I'm doing, I'm playing the game of being a human. I remember even saying that to myself. Oh, I'm like, I, they'll know. They'll know that I'm like part of this, part of them. Like, it's, it's such a weird headspace to be in. Yeah. Yeah, because you're like, I'm human. I look human. But uh, yeah, it was a lot of, it was a struggle for a long time. And there were times I just said, no, I don't want to do this. Don't, I don't want to be a spiritual person. Just, I want to be normal and I don't want to do this anymore. There was a, a big shift in that that happened a long time ago. Uh, in my adolescence when I, I didn't want to go anywhere into different realms and be spiritual in any way or I just wanted to shut it all off and yeah oh yeah you said uh, I don't want to be human I just want to be n- normal and then for you normal is feeling in that brainwave state of a little bit closer to well you you slide into it just naturally happens you slide into different dimensions yeah, yeah. Um, and it kind of was between both. It was like there were times when I really embraced that, but then the world around me was was not willing to embrace me, or it was I the opposite. I know why. I know why. You know why? Oh, he's putting his hand up now. Yeah. He wants to. He wants to chime in. <laughs> because they haven't felt it yet. They don't know what it feels like to speak Japanese. They don't know what it feels like to slide into those realms. 
can I ask, did your parents do any of this stuff? I'm not with you, but before, like, are they shamanic healers? Are they psychedelic users? No. Yeah. My so family's then, very conservative. They're very in the body is how I would describe it. Um, they've, they've been spending their day, their waking conscious, air quote, mm-hmm. hours in their, their body experience. And then so for you to say these things, you are going to these other places. So from me in my body experience, just hearing you say that, and especially in the past, I don't know, we've had the time of day now to feel or to hear more from so many people or we're at peace long enough that we are, we have time to listen to people who are where we would just not understand. We may like fight them or lock them up or say they have conditions, right? Mm -hmm. Or purposely lock people up to give them conditions, whatever, a lot of variety. Um, That's why they didn't get it, right? They they were never there. And then Mm -hmm. you, where the majority of people haven't been. No. I don't think. Yeah. And I think if you told stories like this, it would be very... I think even for for anybody, for anybody, like I, I would never like hold that against anyone because for anybody, it's a real trip, right? And especially, like you said, of not experiencing anything like that, it's like, what does that even mean, though? <laughs> it, it can be... Uh, sometimes triggering. I'm just like, who do they think they are knowing that? Or like, who did, what are they talking about? Mm-hmm. Um, or it can go right over your head. You can't even hear it because it, I don't know, your brain's just like, no, there's nothing outside of space and time. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. I didn't, I don't, I can't hear that person. Like, yeah. they're not putting words together. That makes sense for me. Yeah. And I think I've mentioned to you before, because we've chatted about this a little bit, I think before that, um, you know, I can only speak from an experience and experiences like mine. I can never say like this is real anyway. So, I mean, that is a trick as well of all of this is that um, a lot of things like this can be theories. You know, some people think the earth is round. Some people think it's flat. Some people think it's a box. You know, it's like we don't even know the answers to some of these questions. So even these experiences, I always tell people, take it, take it how you want to take it because it's my lived experience and I can say this is real for me, but I'm not going to tell you, hey, go to this place with me because maybe that's not something that's real to you. And I don't want to put any definitions on that for people. I know that we have uh, uh, the capacity to, to understand that our world is unlimited, but that also is something that's going to take time and that people have to work into these things. And I'm not going to push that on anybody. That's a good way to keep friends, you know, because <laughs> when you tell people things that they can't see or you tell people you don't see things, uh, it's not vibing. You're not vibing. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. That, that's a that's a technique there to, to vibe. I had a question on like, because we said the majority of people probably don't go to these realms. The majority of people, there's no... Because everyone's an individual, actually, there's no majority of anybody. There's just some similarities. Um, Mm -hmm. Then I thought, we can't all be shamans. Or, like, we can't all... We can't all be any one single way. I guess maybe that's the answer to this. But then I'm like, what are... Who's designing people that don't go 
to that don't slide to realms? What are they for? What are we? Hmm. <laughs> the people who I don't know aren't interested to go to other realms and or like staying solid in the body. <clears throat> Why would there be more of them? What are they doing? What do you think they're doing? Well, so what's a yeah. shame in what's a shame in like what is you for them? Right. Or what is what is them for you? Like who are they? They yeah. are manipulated easy, do stuff, make make food, <laughs> to eat, to live in the body. Yeah, to I mean to something, to make an ish to make issues, to Yeah. It's an interesting question. I mean, again, like there's so many theories, right? And there's I, so many theories of this. I can't lock anyone I can't I'm not going to generalize and say that a majority of people don't have actually I might say the majority of people psychedelic experiences. I think majority of people haven't had. Yeah. Or they're not sharing them. Yeah. Speak up. Yeah. More about them. Hey, if you uh, want to share more about your psychedelic experiences, you should message this guy about it. Yeah, <laughs> me. Yeah. She's pointing at the microphone. True blue, true blue. <laughs> um, because I don't want to write off uh, flus and maybe driving at night and watching like lines and then maybe they fall into the stars. I would listen to stories like that. Probably just wasted. <laughs> Drinking Jack Daniels, driving at night. <laughs> Drinking a, a craft beer. <laughs> Hopefully. <laughs> right on. Uh, I don't know. There's like a lot of theories about this. I, what I can say about this, and this is just like, mm, I can't say this is set in stone, but I've heard a lot of spiritual teachers talk about this, how like we all choose our path coming here to some degree, and that sometimes people have lived many lifetimes of not living the earthly experience maybe they lived in other planets or other realms or places and so maybe this experience is for them to understand what it's like to be a human on this planet in this time right so mm -hmm. those folks might be just like clocking the clock like putting their you know punch in the clock and showing up nine to five and going home and watching tv but maybe that's the earthly experience that their spirit came here to experience and in another way like for myself I can remember previous lifetimes. I can have a lived experience with some of the things I've already experienced. So I can kind of be in this ebb and flow with how I want to experience things. And, and I've also been given the, uh, I would say the gift of knowing why I came to this planet. I was told it very early on in my time here. Like when I was four years old, I already got that information so some people maybe they don't get that information they don't quite go into that space some people uh, certainly they're just having a human experience and for them it's like satisfies them so much like one little thing like if you're going let's say you're working at walmart as a greeter and that satisfies your entire being to shake someone's hand and say good morning happy shopping here's your shopping cart like that could be the thing they came here to do but it seems so simple for a lot of us however it could be the biggest thing for them in their life who knows so that's the only thing I could really say about all that. Is <laughs> <laughs> so what can we, how can there be, there's something about the, who decides or how is it that some lives have more lives than others or have, or have been to other 
places and then some lives haven't like i almost think we're just all of it i think we're all, all the lives and maybe there's some kind of a, a decision making process somewhere i don't really know personally like i i know that there's obviously predestined timelines there's a lot of precognition or for example like just being aware of of where you're going to go next you know like your parents and your siblings and like what sort of the general theme of what you're going to experience like for me i had um this lifetime was going to be about essentially the transition between living such a traumatic uh, childhood and a traumatic upbringing but being able to completely turn that around and to understand how to live a life of my own design that is why i came here i came here to shift the perspective of trauma to live a really powerful really uh aware and conscious life but i had to go through all that stuff to really understand how important the shift was how to flip that and and some people get stuck in the trauma they get so stuck in it but their journey is very similar to someone like mine where they're they're literally enduring the craziest of crazy stuff so that they can flip it and essentially see the silver lining of it all to really understand like why you would go from that struggle to somewhere of really appreciating and understanding and having gratitude for your life. God damn. You pretty much learned through so though what I'm thinking is people didn't get you because they can't see the way you see and then it's scary. It's scary and triggering for people who don't know and it's I don't know why. Maybe it's a defense mechanism to make you go through your things and then you were edging towards not being yourself, which is trying to stay in the human form, which is then getting high and drunk to then go through all the things, pains and learning ultimately. Wow. And people say it like be yourself mm -hmm. and yourself for you is someone that maybe is on closer to other frequencies or come here from other frequencies to talk to me <laughs> or people or to work in your body. Um, Jesus Murphy, you, yeah, pretty much just learn to be yourself. So then, hmm, everyone being themselves, don't pick on people. Yeah. And yeah. listen. And then there's, there's bound to be, there's always something you can end up doing, whatever you're into or however you feel, pretty much. That's what's going on with you. You, to say your life feels good and is what it is, like you d designed where you fit. And where you fit is this crazy realm right now of like uh, diving into other realms to help people. Shamans diving into other realms to help people. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. And helping Which, people re-remember the same things that I remember. But you knew that all the time? No. No. Do you think you knew that you needed to go through a transformation in your life? That's what you knew your whole time? And then the transformation mm -hmm. is like you want to help people through transformations now because you went through a hard one? Yeah, I would say so. And I, I don't know if... I didn't know about that, actually. I, I wasn't aware that, for me, I didn't think that it was possible. I was very much in a continual state of 
what was possible what? to transform my life like i oh. thought i was always going to be the same overweight unhappy fearful person that had no self-esteem and just like couldn't understand why i was here yeah you were just oh what yeah okay, so you needed to it wasn't uh you needed to understand why you were here because you were going through all these things you're trying to be yourself yourself but the the battle between yourself not being damn i'm gonna say yourself again yeah it's yourself okay. being the person who energetically feels different than others yeah was the the leading cause of hurting and then we just go through certain things that a lot enough time goes by that we're like yeah. oh it just works better if i'm just like feeling myself and being real with it and two people yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I think there was a, there's actually been points where my health has suffered because I'm not being who I am. I've literally had physical outcomes. Isn't that everybody? Yeah. Right? A lot of people that suffer from different disorders, different physical ailments, diseases, they are dealing with a lack of authenticity within themselves in some way. And sometimes it's connected to certain things like certain organs, certain parts of the body. Muscles hold tension. Sides of the body representing the masculine and the feminine, for example. That's very common to have like a shoulder pain that doesn't go away because you're, you know, really out of balance with one side of that or the other. So, yeah. Yeah. I had a question on we're in the other dimensions. Right now we're in another dimension because yeah. there's colored lights in our room. <laughs> it's quite fun. Brighten up the place. Oh yeah, we're in um, San Cristobal de las Casas, Mexico. Uh, we ran in, I like seeing people before they, they see me and then I saw you and I'm like, oh yeah. And then I watched you react and be like, holy shit, what's up? <laughs> you saw me first? Yep. Okay. Yeah. I probably didn't recognize you because the last time I saw you, you had super long hair. Mm. Yeah. I was wearing the same jacket though, probably. Oh God. It is the same jacket. It is the but, same jacket. Yeah. We were at Fair Creek together and we were tent neighbors for a bit. With Otter. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Peace can't. He's can't represent. <laughs> okay, what is Fairy Creek to like? No, that's a big one. You got to go back to episode you, 72. No. <laughs> no, I don't know. Yeah, episode like 18. God damn. Okay, so some person that you went through a big transformation and you would like to help people through trans transformations. And then I noticed through there's other people who go through their own transformations, but they don't have, they don't go to the the brain state that you do they don't that's not what their brain does mm -hmm. and they help people but they help them in different ways mm -hmm. and because you are who you are and you're accepting who you are you're accepting who you are and you go into these states so now you're like okay how do i use that and then you found someone or they found you and mm -hmm. they told you they're like hey you can use this like this and it's called people call it shamanic journeying yeah like yeah. So these kinds of people have been around. Yeah. Hmm. Why, why is it all of a sudden that we would then think they're weird? If they've literally been around for, I would believe, like in all indigenous tribes, and I believe we're all indigenous, there would be our dreamers. And so what point did we forget that shit to then be mean to our dreamers? 
Yeah, I you think it, I think what you said before describes it well that it's a lack of understanding and maybe a fear of the unknown of not knowing what that is and not sometimes we fear not having some kind of a, a tangible experience with something and so the first instinctual response is just to be like uh nope you know we're just going to push it away but that's very common it's very common even in like you said in indigenous uh um, cultures and, and tribes and stuff, they had people like that that were, if they were foreign people, they would have to either go through some kind of initiation process or they would have to really be careful with who is this person walking through the desert coming to our land? Like, who is this person, right? And so even that in itself, like, it's it's a natural response that we have to something that's foreign or unknown. You're talking about, like, a shaman walking through the desert and then no matter what, a human's going to be like, yo, human, they're arriving, what the fuck? No, I mean someone who's not from their tribe and okay. they come and visit a tribe that the person doesn't, like, let's say it's, you know, two different tribes in Africa or something and one tribesman comes for something, but the other tribe has never seen someone like that other tribe's person, right? So then that's, it's just a natural thing yeah, that we have in, our, in our bodies. Dog. Right? <laughs> Like yeah. anything uh yeah. and then less threatening things you're like oh an opportunity yeah yeah it's that space of the unknown that can be tricky to uh embrace i think unfortunately uh shamans are they probably always live hard lives because i bet even in so you're just indigenous kids and then there's this one that's just dreaming i bet it had equal hard times either Fuck, like the warrior dad would be like, yo, that can't be. You're, you're not a great warrior. Yeah. Right? And they don't understand. They, but the shamans become <clears throat> highly praised later. There's so much more, I th- believe, like anyone who has been helping people and no matter how over time with medicines and whatever, uh, they become incredibly respected. But at first, I think they're just bound to go through some hardship Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. to make them i don't know well then they want to help people after because of the hardship or as well everyone goes through hardship too like people you might not see eye to eye to people who don't um don't see the same way right Mm -hmm. there's there's no difference between someone who um, back in my day would go to the gym or do Taekwondo and then I don't see eye to eye because I'm not in the same feeling center and they're just working out because it feels good for them and I haven't even learned that until I'm like 25 mm. uh, and I'm like that person's just scared that they're going to get beat up and that's why they work out all the time they're scared I'm not scared I'm not going to mm. work out yeah, yeah, <laughs> I'm seeing things my own way that's like it's not abusing and hitting somebody or like yelling at them for being a certain way but it is Mm. still outcasting or slightly abusing or yeah and for us it might just it's in simple terms it could just be an inherent bias so what we learn later is to like what works better is to just accept shit that is different and suppress the fear thing Well, and I think it's just, um, I wouldn't say it's suppression. I think that uh, we have room for all things. Like, 
the biggest thing I've learned being in San Chris, for example, is embracing the darker aspects of myself and understanding that if I do have anger and I do have shame and I do have fear, well, I'm going to look at those things. I'm going to walk into them and be like, hey, buddy, what's up? Let's let's look into this. What is up? Yeah. Yeah, because <laughs> it's, it's part of our entire authentic uh, experience. We can't just suppress something and say oh well my fear is not important right now well maybe your fear is important for some reason maybe the guy at the gym just has bad vibes and you it's not someone that's in alignment with your life and it has nothing to do with them or the gym or what they do just the guy with vibes that do not resonate with yours and that's super simple right so we do have to be very mindful of those states and and be with them we can't we can't put them away we can't put them in a box because they're just as important as the goodness within us too so so you're saying at a point, if I'm just looking at that person uh, because of their, it is just a vibe and I don't even say anything. Um, you're saying that I should still be, still look at it as like, uh, well, that vibe's important to feel. Thank you. Like, cause I shouldn't outcast the person. No, but you don't have to engage with but them. But sometimes either. you're right. <laughs> yeah. And you don't have to engage with them. Yes. Yeah, don't outcast, don't engage, just go away. They just exist and you exist and you carry on. It's like you're not going to go over and like look at some chick's butt at the gym and <laughs> she's going to be like, oh my God, you know, like, and you're doing that. Like literally if, okay, she has a nice butt, whatever, you walk past her and you say nothing, she says nothing, you don't look at each other. Maybe you just have that thought, but there's no exchange or anything there. Like that's still great you're acknowledging that you think she's got a nice butt you're at the gym you're doing your thing you're walking past her you might just be like what's up but there's no extreme acknowledgement or engagement of that thing right <clears throat> so yeah the fear is probably in us because of extreme engagements and being like yeah i fear this person at night because uh it's in me it's happened before where i've been damaged before at night by foreign things yeah and it's cool to have the fear because of extreme engagements between people. But so tying that all together, we, I brought that up like, because that's where people are mean to people is through the fear thing. Yeah. Too much of that. And I guess don't outcast people. Don't, don't be too rude to people. What would happen then? Yeah. We need some competition. We need some natural competition because that's how we upgrade upgrade get better kind of like going through stuff makes us uh better i wanted to ask are you feeling anyone recently that you think needs shamanic healing in a dream yeah i've actually been uh working a lot with my mom recently because she's been having a lot of challenges with her life and her health and I've already seen the correlation between her life and her health and they're completely connected, but she's having a hard time acknowledging that. And so I think that her biggest, the biggest lesson she's about to go through is things falling apart and big things falling apart. Her health has fallen apart. You know, some pe some connections with her family members are falling apart. Uh, she's blocked a lot of people out of her life and she continues to just sort of wear the story of those people, you know, and continue to, um, yeah, just her body seems like a toxic mess of all of the connections and things that, for example, she engaged with a lot of things that she could have just been like, okay, 
no worries, that person's just doing their thing, I'm doing my thing, but she had to engage with things. And now a lot of things are happening for her that are really hard and really challenging. So I've been doing a lot of healing on her from different realms, different places, basically working on her past uh, elements, her past self, and repatterning things to have a better alignment for her future self, working in the past and the future timelines. So when she acts and behaves in her future, it, it slowly gets a ball rolling into a better direction. Exactly. I'm trying to change that timeline for her because I know that it's possible and I know that if people like myself have done the same thing for themselves in a relatively reasonable amount of time, then she can do it too. And if I can try and do it on an energetic level, then perhaps maybe it will help in this current timeline. What, uh, how do you do that for her? Uh, basically within that, there's a, a, a lot of repatterning processes and um, how would I say it? It's almost like you see someone and and you almost see them, but they're kind of see-through like a ghost or something. And you just try and like re-establish and re-strengthen that visual of that person. So for her right now, she's got a lot of green and brown and gray colors in her aura, for example. And I'm trying to like clear that out and, and even parts of her body that are, <coughs> she has an infection right now. Um, I'm just trying to clear that, energetically clear that. I'm doing also energy healing work with her uh, in different timelines. So, What's the energy, energetic healing work? What's that? Uh, well, basically I work with like Reiki healing and different types of modalities that would, uh, for example, I can, um, there's a, a, a washing process you do where you basically, it almost looks like you're just sort of, uh, waving your hand on somebody's body or around parts of their body and you're moving energy, you're moving balls of like tension or different things. And so I can yeah. do that in any place, any timeline and in this physical timeline as well using the power of reiki uh healing as well so where did you learn that or i just took training to learn reiki i already knew how to use reiki but i didn't know what i was doing so i needed to learn the whole course and training of it people say about it so what do you um you yeah that's a direct example of another language and tapping into another source because i'm like do you see it and then i'm like well uh i feel people's inflammation or i feel and i'm not skilled with this i don't go to that connection it's a realm between your hand or between your body and their body it's a realm that you connect with that then is parallel with the chi and energy and then that's how you air quotes see it yeah because you're tapping into that energy source yeah, and you're just talking about Reiki right now. That, <coughs> yeah. is, that is how you practice Reiki. Is it's the, it's basically the way to utilize moving chi energy in the body. You're not, you're never healing anyone. I'm just opening pathways and moving energy from one place to another that already. Exists. I have had three experiences with it, and the way I would describe it is my buddy tore his ACL and like a few big ligaments um, on a ski accident, and his knee was just ratchet like super swollen um seemed to be i don't know my body was just like throw your hand over that and and then there was an insane rush into my hand and uh he froze and we just looked at each other in the eye and i was like and it's like i just waited there and i couldn't believe it and we're looking at each other i'm like five seconds must have went by and i'm like you feel that it's like i do 
and another five, and then it slowly dissipated after that for about it's about ten seconds of a lot of force, and then the way I would describe it: force, magnetic, energy, electronic, chi, whatever, chi, um, and it just slowly went away, and I'm like, huh. And I went back the next day, did it, did it again. It was weaker. Um, but then another totally random time, um, a girl swollen hand. Um, I just, she just had a swollen hand and I just jumped to put my hand, my hand just went there and then I just did the same thing. And it seems to be my left hand. I'm even pushing it out when I'm saying it, it's the left hand and it would go out and then it would just pull, um, energy from them. Mm -hmm. And that was like the first time again, it was just a big pull and she stopped and I stopped. I'm like, this is so crazy. I've seen and heard about this existing, and it's so funny that I would, the body just jumped to do that. And then she's like, holy, thank you so much. I didn't know you could do that. And I'm like, I don't know if I can do that. Like, I know that I felt that too, but I, I didn't, I don't know what I, that was just instinctual. I've only ever done mm -hmm. that one other time, two other times. Yeah, yeah. And it's a cool, uh, it's a really cool experience playing around with Reiki because even then, uh, a lot of times it's your energy. Uh, if you're a, in a strong place, your energy will just be able to essentially, I would say just, mm, yeah, it's almost like a repatterning. You're just sort of clarifying and repatterning things in someone's body, but you're not actually doing anything with your energy. You're actually just your energy and their energy are kind of meeting into this place of one. And then you're able to move their energy in a way that can clarify things that can just move things through in reference to you in reference to the person. Um, yeah. you're not doing anything. You're not saying anything. You're not, yeah, you're not pushing. Mm -hmm. You're just there. Um, same with, uh, I guess two phenomenons. Humans like start blinking at the same time mm -hmm. after like five minutes of conversation, something like that. Mm -hmm. Or, um, hugging someone for more than 10 seconds can slow someone's heart rate. Mm -hmm. Like you're just there mm -hmm. and it's a reference mm -hmm. and, uh, it can, uh, hugs feel good too. Maybe they feel good because the body has a reference point. Finally, it was like, so out of ground it was going fast and slow or whatever mm -hmm. heart rate wise yeah um we are electroconductive <coughs> people right? we have an electromagnetic frequency so static energy forms with all movement maybe mm -hmm. maybe some degree of static energy is created with all movement all friction yeah <laughs> i'm yeah. claiming that so rub your socks on the carpet today and see if his it's claims another, are real. <laughs> yeah, it's another style of friction that is. I actually think, or maybe that's just heat energy. Huh. Some of it makes electrical energy. Some of it just makes heat. Is heat electric? Well, heat is thermal, so it's just a different type of energy like exchange. Vibrating right? cells. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's like you're, it's a different way that the cells react, that they do things, so... Electromagnetic is a bit different because there's some kind of a conductive element to it in a way. Whereas with things that are, are thermal, you can have thermal conductive things. You can have electroconductive things. Yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. And electrical can make thermal quite good, like to make heat energy. What would, what would you say um, you... Um, what would... What would you like to say like you do for people? 
Mm-hmm. Um, so for anyone listening and who really enjoys what you're saying, um, or maybe even has a question, or just wants to date you, <laughs> what? Anything you want to say to them that you do like, or would you just like not even want to share what, where you're going or what do you? What yeah. Do you I mean, it's it's a funny question. It's like, mm, I mean, what I will say is... What are you is, up to? Yeah, what I <laughs> will say... Do you need help with anything? Do I need help? Yeah, maybe. Uh, well, you know what? Right now, I think the biggest thing I'm working on is really expanding my offerings as a coach and a guide, like a, someone who does healing and mentorship to include some of this stuff because I think that... Mm, I think I've always struggled to embrace that and to like I can be authentic about it but it's been really tricky bridging the gap between just being who I am and trying to offer that to somebody that would then exchange me for like something like a money you know okay what was the thing that you would like to to share you would like to teach people to know how to do this or you Mm -hmm. would like to do this with people i'm saying uh working more on like the psychic intuitive spiritual realms uh doing healing work uh working on other people that they have in their life that really want to clarify things and just you know get rid of the crap get rid of that that subscription to the inauthenticity of who we are and to really reclaim who we came here to be. I think that's a big thing that uh the world is calling for right now. Oh, that's one big looping message that i'm seeing with you right you just to find yourself and to find more peace within your life and your surrounding people was just being you which mm-hmm. is on some other frequencies and people that are ready to get uncomfortable because it's sometimes this stuff you could be just like cruising on your sailboat life and you know the, the seas are just chill as heck right but you know, maybe you do have to stir some things up a bit to understand where you're going. And that is a really, really active part of this work is that you have to kind of tilt things a little bit to and get uncomfortable because some of it is uncomfortable. Trauma is uncomfortable and getting out of your comfortability is obviously uncomfortable, but you're, you're basically removing that stuff so that you can go into places of being who you really are. And currently a lot of people are not operating in authenticity with themselves. So it's, it does take a little bit of uncomfortability for sure, but it's always worth it. I think people as well, the world, so therefore like after a second, now the world has changed. The lights in this room change every second. And I have to get used to that and our bodies change. And then so we we do go through natural processes too of needing like reobserving the world and learning to be authentic within this this new world and these new stimuli. It's like, well, how do I feel about that now? I didn't even know that existed until now. And it's like, I'll deal with that later. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then you don't. Uh, and then if you do that too much, it can be really fucking crazy because then now you haven't grounded yourself mm-hmm. on all the information, you know, uh, and being authentic with yourself. Yeah. That's why it's important to have someone to help you through the process, especially someone that knows how that journey goes and really can understand when stuff gets a little bit crazy. Okay. Like what are the best practices to move through this without literally running down the street without your clothes on yelling <laughs> incessantly or something, you know? So it's just like a hug. It's like referencing with a person. Yeah. Um, so you are available for hugs. <laughs> 
yeah if you're in sayulita or los cabos anytime soon just yeah. come find me on the beach uh nikki and offering services to help and hugs and um would you give one like do you have a piece of advice or a little trick that you want to remind people like to be more authentic mm. a trick or just a feeling or hey you can do it guys <laughs> you yeah, be yeah, yourself totally. uh be yourself with me please to feel comfortable because i won't i'll try not to judge i'll try to yeah. judge you if you whack but do the same for me i could like i, I could give you a funny one and then a, a not so funny one yeah <laughs> uh be okay with farting in public <laughs> You okay with farting in public? Yeah. Because a lot of people will hold it in, and uh, I don't understand that at all. <laughs> yeah. I yeah, they're scared to fucking shit their pants if they have a foodborne illness. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can relate. <laughs> yeah. So what's the the funny one and the not so funny one? Yeah, I would say um, a piece of advice. Don't be afraid to tell people what you really want or how you really feel because I think that that's the one thing that most people that I've ta- like I've I've had a lot of connections with older folks as well that have passed away and that's like the one thing they've told me is like tell people you love them tell people how you feel tell people like exactly what you want and don't be afraid to do it because you're going to live a life on someone else's terms and not your own and that's it's not authentic, so that's what I can say about that. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks, Nikki. Bye, everybody. Thank you. <laughs>